Well, we are halfway through our epistle, uh, St. Paul's epistle to the Romans. We're in chapter 8 now. It has a total of 16 chapters. And the epistle is really kind of broken into two major sections, chapters 1 through 11, which uh, deal with theology, with the different truths that have been revealed to us in the gospel, and then chapters 12 through 16 or 12 through 15 that deal with uh, our moral lives, how we should live as Christians in light of the truths of Christianity. And then chapter 16 is some final greetings that Paul has uh, for the uh, for the Romans. And so if uh, the first 11 chapters are really about um, the, the various truths that have been revealed to us, then we're, we're about three quarters of the way through that section. And this is kind of a, we're at a high point here in a certain sense. This is a, um, maybe in a certain sense the apex, really, of all of the uh, first 11 chapters. And uh, we just got done yesterday in chapter 7 examining and looking and, and delving into uh, this, the inner struggle of the baptized person who is in a state of grace, who is actually in a state of grace, but they experience uh, a kind of a conflict, an inner conflict with the lower parts of their soul. So whereas they are just before God and clean in his sight and, and holy and pleasing to him internally, uh, at the same time, God has seen fit not to um, do away with what we call concupiscence, which is an inner tendency towards sin. And it affects our imagination, it affects our senses, uh, the, our sensibility, our, the, the sensible powers of our soul, the lower powers of our soul, our bodies, and the different passions, and even as concrete as hormones, <laughs> hormones and chemistry, really. Um, and it, concupiscence affects that aspect of our personality. And so we experience a struggle with whether it be envy or anger or lust. Um, and uh, we know what's right to do with our mind, but we, we, we experience this struggle. But as long as our will does not consent to those lower movements, uh, we have not sinned. And actually, the more we struggle against those lower passions without consenting to them, whether... Uh, you know, in our minds or in our actions externally in the external world with our bodies, as long as we do not consent to those lower passions, uh, we are gaining merit, uh, we, and we are growing in grace, and we are getting closer to God, even though we might not exactly always experience that, we are getting closer to God. And St. Paul wants to give the Christian, the baptized Christian who is struggling and is experiencing this kind of inner turmoil and combat. He wants to give him hope in chapter 8. And so this is kind of um, a a highlight for the whole book here. He says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has freed you from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit of life is that inner grace that has been given to us through baptism. And uh, it is what... The prophet Jeremiah spoke about when he said, There will come a day when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, and shall not be like the covenants I made with their fathers when I took them by the hand to bring them out of Egypt. But this is my covenant that I will make with them in those days. I will write my law in their hearts, 
I will write my law in their hearts, and they shall be my people, I will be their God. So it is the law of God that is in the depths of our hearts, that's supernaturally present to us, in the innermost depths of our souls, that is uh, the new covenant. The new law of Christ is identical with the grace of God that has regenerated us, and has made us new from our hearts, from the inside out. And it's that law that has set us free from concupiscence, so that in that struggle with the lower powers of our soul that sometimes want to go a different direction than our conscience wants to take us, in that struggle we are victorious. And St. Paul goes on and he says that, so that this is also that the righteous decree of the law might be fulfilled in us. So that we can actually obey the moral law. Jesus came to set us free from our own actual sins that we've committed in the past, but also from the power of lust, of anger, of envy, from the power of these various vices that have gripped our soul. He has come to set us free from those. And so it is possible by the inner law of grace to be victorious and to live a holy life. Um, and St. Paul goes on and he says, let's see here, maybe there's one more thing I can talk about here. <clears throat> and all of this struggle really highlights in the hope of the resurrection. So this is why St. Paul ends it by saying, If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. And this is what we're preparing for. This is what we're headed for. We're headed for the resurrection. We're headed for the day when our bodies will be gloriously victorious and triumphant over death. And no longer will we experience that inner struggle, the lower powers of our soul. But every aspect of our personality will be completely and perfectly subject to a holy, our holy will, our will that is in perfect alignment with God's will. And so the rest of our person will be in perfect alignment with our will and will be perfectly subject to that. We'll no longer experience any kind of conflict, the inner turmoil. And uh, that's where we're headed to. Um, that is our destiny. And so it's, it's with this that we should uh, be encouraged with a great sense of hope.